Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I thought the theater would be pretty empty and that patrons would be a little nervous to come back. Everyone was incredibly nervous about how the South Korean public would respond to a show going forward. I start to peek out and see people all in masks. And the orchestra starts playing. Dun, dun. Welcome to another episode of Broadway Nation the podcast that tells the remarkable story of how immigrants, Jews, queers, African-Americans, and other outcasts invented the Broadway musical and how they changed America in the process. I'm David Armstrong, and I call this episode, It Isn't Over, But We'll Get Through It. My guests today are the co-directors and co-producers of the new documentary, The Show Must Go On, a film that I found to be both fascinating and very moving. And quite uniquely, they are the mother-daughter team of Dory Berenstein and Sammy Cannold. Sammy Cannold is a theater director whose recent projects include the acclaimed Evita at New York City Center, Endings at New York Theater Workshop, Ragtime on Ellis Island, and Violet on a Bus at American Repertory Theater. In 2019, she was named one of Forbes magazine's 30 Under 30 in Hollywood and Entertainment. Dory Berenstein is a four-time Tony Award-winning Broadway producer, as well as an Emmy Award-winning director, producer, and writer of film and television. She's also the founder and CEO of the Broadway Podcast Network. When in March of 2020, the global pandemic shut down live theater around the world, South Korea was the only country which did not close its theaters. The show must go on primarily follows the companies of two Korean productions, The Phantom of the Opera and Cats, which demonstrated how live theater could continue to operate safely in spite of the pandemic. Today, you'll hear the story of how Sammy journeyed to Korea to document the incredible difficulties, challenges, and ultimate triumphs of these two shows. And we'll also look at why Korea was able to do something that theaters in the West could not accomplish. I'm glad we opened again because people still came to see the show, and that just amazed me. 
such a magical, beautiful show. When you're on stage, you forgot about everything, like you just let loose. I got so choked up. I remember thinking, this is going to be a story I'm going to tell people one day. Here we go. Welcome, Sammy Canold and Dory Berenstein. Thank you so much for joining me today on Broadway Nation. Thanks for having us. You are the co-directors and co-producers of this brand new documentary called The Show Must Go On. What's amazing about this documentary is it's now a historical document, even though it's just the history of the past two years. Watching it was a strange experience in that regard. It felt both like the past and the present all at the same time. We haven't really gotten out of this, and yet some of it seems like so long ago. During this editing process and rolling out process, how has that struck you? Well, we wish it was completely historic and that we had no reason to be worried about COVID today and that it really was documenting a moment in time sad to us that it's still so relevant. Yeah. As we were editing it, it was really interesting because each week we would say, oh, last week we put that in the film and now it's changed. And last week we said that protocol was the way to go and now it's changed. We sort of eventually took the approach of this is a film that documents a specific story. One of the many efforts to keep theater alive during the pandemic, albeit a very large and sort of watershed one. But we decided to sort of document it as a moment in time versus trying to sort of create a film that would be the tome on theater during the pandemic, because that's not over yet. It's still unfolding. The story you're telling is the story of these two shows, The Phantom of the Opera and Cats in Korea, which is basically the only country in the world that was able to keep theater mostly running during the pandemic. How did it happen that you had two film crews there to record this as this is happening live? The way that it came about was I was FaceTiming with a good friend of mine, Kristen Blodgett, who's the music supervisor of Phantom of the Opera World Tour and does a lot of tours of cats all around the world, also works on Phantom on Broadway. It was in June of 2020. At that point, we were all in our homes. She said, I'm about to leave New York to go work on the South Korean tour of Cats. And I was dumbfounded. First of all, no one's leaving to go anywhere and moreover, leaving to go do theater. I was really shocked. And then my next question was, well, can I come? And can we document it? I'd never made a documentary before. Dory, who also happens to be my mom, but I call Dory in business uh, <laughs> ventures, is an incredible documentarian. And I sort of turned to her and said, hey, do you want to document this together? We very quickly sort of put a team together, got permission from Angeloid Weber and his folks to document the process of those two shows surviving. And three weeks later, I was in Korea. It's quite staggering because you're there at the beginning. Is everybody's arriving or even before they're being hired to be in the show? Well, I think it's important to note that when you say crew <laughs> and two crews, you're giving us a lot of credit there. Here's the reality. I had been doing a doc that did do some shooting in Korea, so I did have someone on the ground there that I had worked with. So it was easy to call. And, you know, it was in the middle of a global pandemic. So he was available. As you can imagine, Sammy can go into detail about this, but she had to embed with both productions. It wasn't like she could just show up and shoot for a few hours and go shopping. She had to fully commit so that she would be in that safe zone. And our DP had to do the same thing. And we were only allowed to have the two of them. 
So Sammy became not just a director, but she also became a filmmaker. We were racing before she left to get her a camera that was fairly user-friendly for someone who hadn't shot before and to get her all equipped so that she could be our second camera because we didn't really have a crew. You were doing the second camera and everything, just the two of you doing the entire production and you're bouncing back and forth between the shows? Yeah, there were very strict rules about when we were with each company because even the two companies were kept separate. If we did bounce between, there was sort of a testing system and things like that. What we would do is sort of stay with Cats for a week and then we would go to Phantom. But then what would happen inevitably is when we were with Cats, there would be drama going on with Phantom and when we were with Phantom, there would be drama going on with Cats. So we would be like, oh no. And there was one point actually where we had followed Phantom to the South Korean city of Daegu, which was sort of the epicenter of the outbreak in Korea when it started. And Phantom was going to reopen the city of Daegu, basically. And we were with Phantom there and cases were getting really bad in Seoul where Cats was. It was announced that they were looking at shutting the border between Daegu and Seoul. And we were like, oh my God, we're going to be cut off from Cats. So we like raced back (laughs) to Seoul before they were saying they were going to shut the border. A lot of drama behind the curtain. You went through the whole process of isolation and quarantine and everything that we see the companies go through in the show, I assume. Yeah, I was in a hotel room for two weeks and it was very intense. We were brought three meals a day. We were not allowed to leave the hotel room. We were told that if we left the hotel room, we would be deported and the window didn't open. It was pretty intense. They would make announcements 10 times a day over the loudspeaker about how important it was that we didn't leave our rooms. That was one of those speakers in the ceiling. That was a little scary. It's a little Big Brother-ish. It's a little Big Brother, yeah. <laughs> but the food was good, so. And had you already enlisted the cast to be making their own videos on their cameras and sort of documenting things that you could use later? As soon as we got the go-ahead to do the film, we worked with GWB Entertainment, which is the sort of producing entity that oversees different elements of each production. They helped us to reach out to the companies right away and say, please, please, please make video diaries. And we gave them some guidelines and, and things like that. And it ended up being invaluable because we couldn't be with them in quarantine. That's the point of quarantine. And we couldn't be with them as they were coming from all over the world to Korea. And so we we're so grateful to them for capturing their own travel which is very captivating. Listeners to this podcast and even people watching the film might not realize that this is just two shows that are running in a very vibrant musical theater scene in Korea. Describe that theater scene to us because I think people will not really know much about that. Yeah, theater, musical theater in particular, is huge in Korea. It's so exciting to me, having now been there twice. I should find statistics on this, but the majority of their audience is my age. And it's amazing to see. What's particularly interesting is that the Korean musical theater industry basically started about 20 years ago when Phantom of the Opera came over for the first time. And it sort of sparked an interest in musicals and it grew really fast. They started building all these buildings to to house musicals. So the industry is only 20 years old and it's largely sort of sprung up from these like Western mega musicals that have come over. But now two things are happening. One, there are sort of more homegrown, localized musicals that are starting to pop up, local talent that is starting to sort of come of age, which is really exciting. But also we in the West are starting to learn from what Korea is doing. And, you know, the film is sort of a testament to that because 
they were the ones leading the way. And we, these industries that have sort of been around for centuries, were looking at what this brand new industry was doing and saying, how do we follow them? Which I really love, sort of the flipping of tables there. They embraced theater to such a huge extent. I had Legally Blonde there three times in South Korea, which, go figure. Yeah, I think that would be staggering to many people in America to understand that this art form is so beloved, not just in Korea, but in places all around the world. It's incredibly popular. Why is it that you think Korea was so successful at figuring this out quickly, keeping the theaters open? Nobody else was able to do that. What was it about Korea that made that possible? I think a few different things. First is Korea has dealt with things like a pandemic before. They had a SARS epidemic in 2015 and really had to figure out preparedness systems. So they were really ready when this pandemic hit. But second, collective conscience is part of the value system of the country. Looking out for your neighbor is part of the value system of the country. Mass compliance when I was there was basically 100%. When the government said, do this to keep your neighbor safe, people did it. And then in theaters in particular, there's a whole set of protocol, which actually now when we look back on it, it seems really commonplace to us because now it's in all of our theaters. But two years ago, we had to learn that from somewhere. There's a great line in the film where someone says that it's a culture about we, not I. So I think it is just an organic thing to do to wear a mask to protect the person next to you. And that doesn't happen very often here. That message that we just couldn't get across to people from the very beginning of this pandemic is this is not about keeping yourself safe. It's about keeping everybody else safe. For some reason, not enough of us could embrace it. And I think also it was very clear, as you just said, Sammy, that they learned from experience, which we're also not very good at here. They took what had happened in the past and made a plan of action out of it. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, a lot of the time when I say to people, oh, there was 100 percent mask compliance, they say, oh, well, in Korea, they were already wearing masks anyway. Not true. There were certainly pockets of people who, because of smog, wear masks. That's true in Los Angeles. But I was in Korea three years before the pandemic and didn't see anybody wearing masks. So it's really, you know, about logic. And I'm impressed by that. But it is a culture where pre-pandemic, they did wear masks if they were sick because they didn't want to get anybody else infected. And it was common courtesy. So that idea was definitely already there. Which totally makes sense. It's something that seems common sense that we would do here as well. I have a cold. I'm going to wear a mask. One of the things that is so clear in the movie and especially in the rehearsals for Cats, because that show is actually in rehearsal as opposed to Phantom, which is up and running and just has to figure out how to stay up and running, is they have to rehearse a show. And so much of the rehearsing of theater, the making of theater is antithetical to keeping people safe from COVID because you're on top of each other, you're singing in each other's faces. Somebody mentions cats slithering all over each other, which is part of the choreography of Cats. And yet they are able to figure figure this out. They didn't have to change any of that or very little of it, none that I could see. How were they able to accommodate this without having it affect the way people needed to do their job or to do their art? Cats changed very little. The only significant way in which it changed is that obviously for anybody who knows cats, you know that there's fun things that happen in the audience. The cast goes out into the audience. And so some of those moments were eliminated. But for some of them, they had this very creative solution where the makeup designer made masks that matched the cat's makeup so that it was kosher for them to go out into the audience. I think that's the only change. On Phantom, I actually don't think there were any changes. A lot of people around the world were very preoccupied with if kissing was still going to be in the show. And it was. 
but everybody was quarantined and tested every day. They were not tested every day because it wasn't readily available at that point. It, w- it would have been very cumbersome to test every day at that point. It, you know, I think now when we look at Broadway and the testing regimen, it's so intense. And I think Korea would have certainly done the same had they had accessible testing. The tension certainly builds in the movie when two members of the Phantom Company get COVID, when they test positive. It takes us back to that time. I had to jump for a moment to go, oh, there's no vaccine vaccine. There's no treatment for COVID when this is happening. At that moment, this was serious business. Yeah, the stakes were really high. It made it such that continuing to run theatrical productions was a real dilemma, a real tough judgment call for people. And you see a lot of that in the film. You see a lot of like deliberating on what's the right thing to do. We don't have a textbook for this. There has been shock and disbelief here in Theatreland at the dramatic news that shows have been cancelled and theatres closed with immediate effect. I mean, it's beyond belief that our artists are in this way. And it's not just, um, you know, here in Britain, it's, it's all over the world. Don't go away. Broadway Nation will be back right after this quick break. Hi, this is David Armstrong, and it's my great pleasure to welcome Factor as a sponsor to Broadway Nation this week. This spring, you can eat stress-free with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready-to-eat in just two minutes. You can choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or my personal choice, Vegan and Veggie. You can also discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunches, snacks, and beverages that'll help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get chef-prepared meals on the table in two minutes with Factors ready-to-eat meals so you can get back to doing what you love this spring. If you're looking for gourmet meals, try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. These are no-fuss, no-muss meals, and Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. You simply heat and savor the good stuff. And you can tailor it all to your schedule. You can customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. And you can pause or reschedule the deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Factor is your solution for fast, premium meals without the need for cooking. And we're celebrating Earth Day all month long at Factor, so look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. Here's what you do. Head to factormeals.com BN50 and use code BN50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next box. That's code BN50, as in Broadway Nation, BN50. 50 at factormeals.com slash bn50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Do it now. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, I was so amazed. I think throughout, and Sammy, please correct me if I don't have this right, but I don't think that there was ever a case of audience-to-audience transmission in Korea. Pre-pandemic, pre-vaccine, pre-treatment, all that, masks provided protection. Hence, theater is a safe place. Now, in New York, all around the world, everywhere, people can go to theater and know that they're going to be safe because there hasn't been a case of audience transmission when masks are required. And that is huge. And I think that's, for both of us, that's something that we really wanted the film to communicate to everybody. As soon as I learned that, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to tell everybody that I know because I thought that piece of information would be really key in confidence stateside to reopen theaters. At the time, that was like groundbreaking information that everybody wanted to hear about. I got asked to come talk to these like very important scientists and I was like, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I can tell you it's working here. And I think the other part of it that I didn't mention before is that because the Korean theater and musical theater industry is only 20 years old, the buildings are all very new. And so they have HVAC systems that are up to date already. So whereas Broadway houses and regional theaters in many cases had to update their systems, Korean theaters didn't have to worry about that because they were already state of the art. Unlike London and New York, they're not working in hundred plus year buildings to, to figure this all out in. But absolutely, it's so clear that if you wear a mask when you sit in the audience, no one will get COVID. Why that's controversial, I don't know, but it's so clear and you make it very clear in the film. I feel safer going to theater than I do going to the market. I agree with you. How about for yourself, Dory? Worried about your daughter there when COVID (laughs) is spreading through the company. How did you feel about that, Sammy? I was like, I'm ready to get out of my apartment. My mother had other feelings. I tried very hard to be her partner on this project. My thinking was also that things were starting to get pretty bad in New York and things were not as bad in Korea. I was quite panicked about having her go anywhere, but at least I felt that she was going to be somewhere where it was safer than here. It was sometimes difficult for me to switch hats from mom to filmmaking partner back and forth because, of course, I was worried about her. And what about when the two members of Phantom got COVID? Did that up the stakes for you as well? I wasn't there. It seems in the film like I was there because we got so much footage retroactively. Um, But that happened really early. That happened April 1st. 2020. And I didn't get there until July. Fascinating. But we were sort of able to document it retroactively. You did a fantastic job because you told that story very effectively. (laughs) Thank you. So I think we've talked about this to a great extent, but what is the message of this film? What do you want people to take away from watching this? First and foremost, that it is a testament to the spirit of artists to carry on safely. If there is a way, this is in the film. You know, theater has been fighting for its survival since it came into existence. This is no different, just a bit higher stakes. I think there are so many inspiring stories that we document in the film of individual theater makers, groups of theater makers, who said, 
I believe in the value of this art form. I believe in what it has to give to the world. I see a way forward and I'm going to push for it. I would just add to that, that it's also about community and the importance of people coming together and experiencing anything together. And during the time of pandemic where everyone is so isolated, having that opportunity to come together and experience something all together. You appreciate it and value it so deeply because we couldn't have that. And I think that that speaks to just how special and magical theater is and what it does for all of us all the time in bringing us together. And that is something that we all need to be reminded of sometimes. (laughs) And given it was taken away from us, I think so many of us were just so desperate to get back in that theater and experience live entertainment. Absolutely. How is the Korean musical theater scene doing today? Korea did have a tough time with COVID post-vaccine. They got their vaccines a lot later than we did, so sort of continued to ride the ups and downs of outbreaks, unfortunately. But my impression is now they're back on horses and there's plans for a lot of really exciting productions coming up in the next few years. It's basically stayed open the entire time with, as you show in the documentary, they had to close Phantom for a brief time, but things have continued to operate. Yeah, sometimes with social distancing, but I don't think recently. Dory, you're a member of the Broadway League, which represents all the producers on Broadway. What is the thinking? Take us inside the minds of New York's producers at this moment, looking forward as we finish the season and move into the next. Well, I think that theater will continue to act responsibly and just assess what the situation is currently. They just extended the mask mandate through the end of June. We'll continue to reassess The community is surrounded by a lot of experts that are guiding all of us so that we can make sure to have protocols in place so that theater can continue to be a safe place and everyone can come back and just lose themselves to the show and not work. I I do think your movie will inspire people to go back to the theater if they've been afraid to do it, if they've been hesitating, understandably hesitating in many cases. But I think it will give some confidence. At the end of the movie, somebody says the pandemic is still out there, but we'll get through it. And I think, yeah, it, it makes it very clear. We are and we will, even though some days it seems like it will never happen. A takeaway that is meaningful to me is just how theater makers from all over the world came together to keep theater alive. Theater is so precious and beloved. And the community, the big global community of people who love theater is really tight and comes together in difficult times and we're there for each other. And I love that takeaway from the film. And if you're just a lover of Cats and Phantom of the Opera, you get to see a lot of footage of those two shows in the movie as well. It's quite amazing, even if the movie wasn't really about how to keep those shows running with COVID. Yeah, we were really lucky to have have the access that we did and very grateful to Angela Ed Weber and, and his team and, and all the team, Esenco in Korea, the, the Korean partner that worked with GWB and Andrew to bring these shows to life. They made it possible for us to have that access. Well, I'm just technically very impressed with the filmmaking. The camera work is fantastic. It sounded great all the time. I know that's not always, <laughs> I'm sure there were some struggles in post to figure that stuff out, but really impressive, especially now hearing that it was basically a two-person operation. Yeah, there's a lot of footage in that film that was taken on my iPhone, so it's great <laughs> to hear that. We had a great post too. It does not look like it. How do we see this movie? Where can we see The Show Must Go On? Many places. You can watch it on Apple TV just by searching 
searching Show Must Go On on iTunes, Apple TV, or you can watch it on Broadway On Demand. We're very grateful for the partnerships that we've had with them. Or you can watch it on DramaticForces.com, which is Story's website. Fantastic. Well, congratulations to you both. It's been a great pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Sammy Canold and Dory Berenstein. David, thank you so much. And I love your podcast. It's so good. Honored to be on it. (laughs) Yeah, same. So happy to have you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is David Armstrong, and it's my great pleasure to welcome Factor as a sponsor to Broadway Nation this week. This spring, you can eat stress-free with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. You can choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or my personal choice, Vegan and Veggie. You can also discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunches, snacks, and beverages that'll help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get chef-prepared meals on the table in two minutes with Factors ready-to-eat meals so you can get back to doing what you love this spring. If you're looking for gourmet meals, try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. These are no-fuss, no-muss meals, and Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. You simply heat and savor the good stuff. And you can tailor it all to your schedule. You can customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. And you can pause or reschedule the deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Factor is your solution for fast, premium meals without the need for cooking. And we're celebrating Earth Day all month long at Factor, so look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. Here's what you do. Head to factormeals.com BN50 and use code BN50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next box. That's code BN50, as in Broadway Nation, BN50 at factormeals.com BN50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Do it now! Just a few days after we recorded this, the Broadway League announced a new mask policy for the month of July. All 41 theaters are adopting a mask-optional policy as of July 1st, and audience members are encouraged to wear masks during performances, but they are no longer mandatory. And they noted that the mask policy for August and beyond will be announced at a later date as the science surrounding COVID-19 continues to evolve. If you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to follow, rate, and review it wherever you listen. I'm happy to say that Broadway Nation has received 75 five-star reviews, and I'm hoping that many of you will help me achieve my goal of reaching 100 five-star reviews before the end of the summer. Again, please be sure to follow, rate, and review the show wherever you listen. Broadway Nation is written and produced by me, David Armstrong. 
Special thanks to Pals Mox for his help with editing this episode. To KVSH 101.9, the voice of beautiful Vashon Island, Washington, and to the entire team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.